Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, all you loyal sports fans. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I know people that know me best are shocked that I'm actually doing a podcast after a heartbreaking, I'm talking gut-wrenching loss by the San Francisco 49ers. I could not sleep last night. This would be appropriate to play my soundbite, the case of the Mondays soundbite I normally play on a Monday, but I don't want to be cliche. I got Rob Frazier on the show as well. He's going to join me later. I apologize if I'm sounding angry on this podcast. I'm not. There's a lot of positives to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Why are they doing it again to me? Another gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss in the NFC Championship game. I'll get into that with Rob because we're going to break this game down. The Rams did exactly what they needed to do to win the game. The Cincinnati Bengals make it to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. I'm heavily going to be rooting for the Bengals. I'm excited for that franchise. They've had losing seasons and turmoil for 30 years, and now they're finally making it back to the Super Bowl. The Hawks rally from 10 down to beat the Lakers. They have won seven straight. This is not a hot sports take, but are the Hawks the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? I'm not kidding. They're a different team when they have Onyeka and Hunter playing defense. And... For the first time since 1980, Canada beats the United States in a World Cup qualifying game. Are the United States in trouble to fail to reach the World Cup for a second straight time? And Tom Brady retires. That's not true! So get your facts straight. You would think that I would lead this podcast with that headline, but it's not 100% true. Unless I hear it from him himself, it's speculation. We went through this 10 years ago with Brett Favre. We had some NFL head coaching hires. Oh, man, we got a jam-packed show today. Am I going to have to go an hour long today? Sometimes I do, but, I mean, there was so much to talk about. Of course, I'm going to break down these conference championships with Rob later on the show. But the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach. The Giants hired Brian Dable as their head coach. Locally here in Columbus, you had the Columbus River Dragons beating the Port Huron Prowlers two games. You had Columbus State women's team beat Georgia College, and uh, the men fell on a buzzer beater. As the clock rolls to February tomorrow, I'm going to get into high school basketball as we got playoffs coming up as the season is about to end. Russell County loses again a heartbreaker to Smith Station. You had Auburn beating Central on a buzzer beater. LaGrange beat Shaw. Spencer is still the number one team in that region. And Carver has just had a very tough season. All right, guys. Try to bear with me as I get through this show. As this is not a down and depressing show. The 49ers have a lot to be proud of. I mean, they beat the Cowboys and the Packers in the playoffs. They're the reason why we have all those funny Cowboy memes 
of all the sad cowboy fans. It is hilarious. I could watch that all day. But the bottom line is the Rams beat the 49ers at their own game. 20-17 to to advance to the Super Bowl. And this was expected when they got Matthew Stafford in the trade last year. It was Super Bowl or bust for the Rams. They have no draft picks for 2022. They have to win the Super Bowl. And after that, they are going to be an old team. They have a left tackle that is 40 years old. There is still a salary cap in the NFL. Odell Beckham Jr. may not come back to the team because he's too expensive. There was a turning point in that game, and I'm not going to get into the whole Kyle Shanahan blew yet another fourth quarter lead because the 49ers had a 17-7 lead, but I knew the Rams were going to score a touchdown as soon as they were down 10 because Matthew Stafford, here's the thing. When you have two star receivers, they get open, and the weakness on the 49ers is their corners. I don't want to get into Jaquiski Tart's dropped interception. That's not why they lost the game. Jimmy Garoppolo is not why they lost the game. However, tied at 17 and the 49ers have the ball, the 49ers defense held the Rams to a field goal. I was hoping that the 49ers could drive down the field and score a touchdown or kick a field goal, but the Rams stopped the 49ers running game. The 49ers only had 50 yards rushing. They played the 49ers at their own game, controlled the clock, ran the football, and stopped the 49ers' run, made the 49ers one-dimensional. And as talented as Debo Samuel and George Kittle is and Brandon Ayuk, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the type of quarterback that's going to get in a shootout. And Jimmy Garoppolo has played his last game in San Francisco. I hate to see it in on the interception at the end of the game, but the 49ers can look to 2022 by giving Trey Lance all the snaps in OTAs and preseason and minicamp and preseason. And Trey Lance will be the starter for the 2022 season, which I'm looking forward to. Because this day and age, you got to have a dude at quarterback. And let me tell you something, Joe Burrow is a dude. As he outduels Patrick Mahomes, comes back from a 21-3 deficit, and the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. The Chiefs look great. Their first three drives, 21 to 3. They had a chance to score another touchdown right before the half to make it 28 to 10, and they failed to even kick a field goal. Time management was not on their side. Patrick Mahomes got tight. And yes, we had another overtime game where the Kansas City Chiefs won the toss. But Patrick Mahomes throws that interception. Now, there was a controversy as Joe Mixon was running the ball to get the Bengals into field goal range. He was not touched, and he got up, and he fumbled the football. The refs missed it. Hmm, that's something to think about. And I have two weeks to preview the Super Bowl. I'm going to get Rob back on the show next week. We'll preview the Super Bowl in SoFi. That's a nice venue to have the Super Bowl in L.A., Hollywood. You know, the the Hollywood stars are going to come out. Everybody's going to come out for the Super Bowl. The Rams, second team, second straight year hosting a Super Bowl in their own stadium. And, and I'm happy for the Rams. Congratulations to them for winning. To uh, Congratulations for them making the Super Bowl, the Bengals. It's, it should be a fun Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to seeing Joe Burrow try to outduel Matthew Stafford. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford, a Georgia quarterback, making it to the Super Bowl. 
He was the quarterback for Georgia when I started rooting for Georgia, when I first moved to Georgia in 2006. So happy for him, happy for Sony Michelle. Scored that game-winning touchdown in the Rose Bowl. I mean, there's just a lot of headlines, especially if you're a Georgia fan, that you can really look at and be happy for. Happy for Odell Beckham Jr. making it to the Super Bowl. You really think that he was the problem in Cleveland? And uh, where did the Kansas City Chiefs go from here? Clearly, there are times where Patrick Mahomes just loses sight of his mechanics. But maybe it was a situation where he was just outdueled by a younger, more talented quarterback. If you look at the AFC, look at all the quarterbacks in the AFC right now. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. We have a changing of the guard in the NFL with Ben Roethlisberger retiring and allegedly Tom Brady retiring. And we don't know the status of Aaron Rodgers. We have these young quarterbacks that are coming up. I didn't even mention Trevor Lawrence. I mean, look at what Jacksonville could do if they get the right coach and right personnel in place. Trevor Lawrence could be amazing. I'll talk about these conference championships with Rob on the show later. But let's talk about this Atlanta Hawks team that's won seven straight games. They came back from 10 down to beat the Lakers. It was one of those afternoon games at State Farm Arena that was sold out. A packed house. No LeBron. He was resting for a third straight game. And the Hawks beat the Lakers 129-121, to led by Trey Young's 36 points. But it was some defensive stops by Anyeka Kongru. Is he the most surprising turnaround for a rookie? I mean, he's going to be a candidate for most improved player because he had a terrible rookie season. I thought that he might have been a bust, and he has come out, and he has played amazing. And the Atlanta Hawks are 24 and 25. They currently are in the 10th seed for the playoffs. They take on the Toronto Raptors tonight. That is a very important game for playoff implications. I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, they got a big one against the Phoenix Suns. I mean, this Thursday. But they play the Raptors again. They play the Mavericks. They play the Pacers. Have a pretty winnable schedule. They could climb back into this thing. And they are a dangerous team in the playoffs. Let's say they get the play-in game, the 7th, the 8th seed. If they get into the play-in game and they're a 7th seed or an 8th seed, and they have to play Miami or Chicago, they have the playoff experience. And with everybody healthy, I think they can actually give Miami or Chicago a series. Brooklyn's struggling. They've lost four straight. They're currently the sixth seed. I don't know how Brooklyn's going to be able to climb out of that hole because Kyrie's not going to be playing in any home games. They were playing without Durant. They lost to the Warriors over the weekend. And I'll get more into the NBA as football season winds down. Because right now, I still think the Phoenix Suns are the team to beat in the NBA. They have the best record at 40-9. and But they have a very competitive Western Conference. It's competitive in the East as well. Because Brooklyn is sitting right there at the sixth seed. The Milwaukee Bucks, the fifth seed, the defending champs. The Cleveland Cavaliers. This could be the first time that Cleveland makes it to the playoffs without LeBron since 1997. It's pretty impressive. All right, well, I was actually disappointed. I was looking for this game because I wanted to watch this World Cup qualifying game because this was a very important World Cup qualifying game for the United States. They dropped one to Canada, 2 mil. And right now, Canada is leading the group in CONCACAF with 22 points with three games left to go. Canada, 
could make it to the World Cup for the first time since 1986. This is the first time since 1980 that Canada has beaten the United States in a World Cup qualifying game. Yes, it was being played in Canada. But the United States, right now, tied with Mexico with 18 points. You got Panama with 17. Only the top three teams in CONCACAF will make it to the World Cup. Panama is sitting right there at number four with 17 points. And this is what you got to look forward to for the United States. They are in danger of missing the World Cup. Three games left to go in March. They play Mexico, they play Panama, and they play Costa Rica. They've got to at least draw or tie two of those games to even feel safe for qualifying for the World Cup. And I can't believe we're having this conversation because I thought they learned their lesson in 2018 when they failed to qualify for the World Cup after not beating Trinidad and Tobago. We had some NFL head coaching news. Josh McDaniel accepts the job to be the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. Brian Dable accepts the job to be the head coach for the New York Giants. The Minnesota Vikings are asking for permission to talk to Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if he's going to leave Michigan. And there's coaching rumors. Byron Leftwich for Jacksonville. The Saints are talking to Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores would be a great head coaching candidate. And uh, we had this news that Tom Brady retired. It broke Saturday. I was out and about. I was actually at a birthday party. And I received the news over my phone that Tom Brady retires. It broke by Adam Schefter. And I didn't want to believe it because unless Tom Brady says it himself, it's not true. I thought that he was going to wait and play this out. But this would be the right time, especially if Byron Leftwich leaves Tampa to become the head coach at Jacksonville. Um, what, what could you say about Brady's legacy? I mean, 22 years, seven Super Bowl rings, made it to the Super Bowl 10 times, practically made it to the Super Bowl just about every other year in his NFL career. And his legacy was unknown until he left New England because people were speculating, oh, he's a system quarterback. and You just had the perfect storm. You had the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback ever for 20 years, and they had a very weak division, and the quarterback play wasn't really all that strong. Peyton Manning was there, and so was Ben Roethlisberger, but, you know, Tom Brady... I don't know if he retired or not. Rob is a Tom Brady fan. He's probably going to disagree with me. But we'll get into that shortly. And then uh, before I get Rob on the show, I watched that Netflix movie based on Sean Payton. Uh, I don't know how true that is. Uh, It was an Adam Sandler movie. Adam Sandler was not in it. He directed it. It was funny. I can't imagine Kevin James as Sean Payton. What can you say? I mean, perfect timing that his movie comes out when Sean Payton steps down as the Saints head coach. All right. Well, I think it's time to get Rob Frazier on the show so we could talk conference championships. Stick around. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm here with Rob Frazier as we're going to break down the conference championship games and talk a little bit about your favorite player, Tom Brady. Is he retiring or not, Rob? Man, Tom Brady, you know, he just, uh, 
he just uh, brought out the Brady brand. You know, he's got the TB12 brand, and, uh, you know, he's got all this off-the-field stuff now. Uh, reportedly, he was very upset that uh, that it was all the, you know, all the rage and the story was leaking out. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll believe it when I see it. All right, well, let's get into this conference championship games. And as you know, I mean, I really <laughs> had a hard time sleeping last night. Empty stomach in my mind. Is I just uh, left with an empty stomach. Another heartbreaking loss in an NFC championship game for the 49ers. Just another heartbreaking loss for me in an NFC championship game. And the 49ers lose to the Rams 20-17 to after blowing a 17-7 lead in the fourth quarter. And so now you got the Rams making it to the Super Bowl, which they should have. I mean, they pretty much bought their team, and they have no draft picks for 2022. And the Cincinnati Bengals making it to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. So, I mean, we got two weeks to preview this Super Bowl, Rams and Bengals. Let's talk about these conference championships. We're going to start with Cincinnati and Kansas City. Kansas City looked hot right out the gate. The first three drives, Patrick Mahomes, touchdowns. Kansas City had a 21-3 lead. But then Kansas City started getting conservative. I think the difference was them not able to punch that score right before halftime. And Cincinnati took advantage of an interception. They got back into this game. And the Bengals get it done. Joe Burrow outdueled Patrick Mahomes. What was your thought on that game? That game was uh, a typical Kansas City playoff game. Uh, wonderful crowd, loud atmosphere, back and forth contest. The surprise in this game was kind of how uh, how it ended, really. Uh, you know, the end of the fourth quarter, uh, and then of course in overtime. And then I heard a lot of discussion this morning too about the end of the first half being crucial. Uh, Kansas City had an opportunity to take the points. They were being aggressive and going for the touchdown, so they came out with no points. And you look at the difference in the final score, three points, and Kansas City could have had those points at the end of the first half. So a lot of back and forth. Uh, Burrow showing the heart of a champion. Again, he was pressured the whole game. And I thought uh, Cincinnati's defense was uh, one of the big stories in this game. They've been underrated uh, throughout the playoffs, uh, and they, they came out and had a great performance, uh, especially towards the end of that ball game. And then the offensive line, uh, they, they uh, had a big challenge there to try and protect Burrow and, and uh, give him time to operate. And uh, not so much in the first half, but, but they came back strong in the second half for sure. So a uh, great ball game, um, lots of class on both sides of the field. And then the storyline, too, I heard this morning was the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, was an assistant. For uh, Sean McVay, so you got two uh, two young up and coming coaches uh, in the Super Bowl, so that's good for the future of the NFL. And yet we have another overtime game where Kansas City wins the toss. I know a lot of football fans are thinking, "Oh no, Kansas City is going to march down and score a touchdown again, like they did against Buffalo the week before." But Patrick Mahomes throws. An unconventional interception, his second of the game. He didn't have a great game. He did not fit. And the Cincinnati Bengals marched down to kick a game-winning field goal, but not before controversy. Joe Mixon apparently was untouched. He got up and he fumbled the football. It should have been reviewed, and the Chiefs should have got the ball back, but the refs missed it. Did you notice Joe Mixon's fumble 
right before they're about to kick that field goal? Yes, I read that uh, story this morning as well, and Andy Reid was talking to the officials. Um, there, there's rules about what's reviewable and what's not, you know, uh, what they can test and what they can't. So the best he could do was have a conversation with him about what he saw, but ultimately uh, the call was not overturned. We talked about that last week uh, in our Monday show about hoping that the officials, uh, one way or another, was not a factor in any of these uh, – playoff games but uh yeah that definitely uh gave uh, gave the Bengals uh an advantage there all right rob i'm not trying to be bitter but we got to talk about the nfc championship game as many of you know lifelong san francisco 49ers fan it is going to be hard for me to get up this morning and do this podcast and to talk about this game i could say some positives because i probably can go back to the show the Monday after when the 49ers lost to the Cardinals and they were three and five. And I was probably calling for them to start Trey Lance and let's look to 2022. But the 49ers had a very improbable run to the NFC championship and they took on a Rams team that played them the way you're supposed to beat the 49ers. The Rams ran the football. They controlled the clock. The 49ers. Yes, they did have the 17 to seven lead. I know that the turning point for me, it wasn't the Jaquiski Tard interception that he should have got. It wasn't the penalties. It, it wasn't uh, they, they can't cover Cooper Cup. It was when it was second and one, they ran the football. And they, they, at this time, it was 17-14. It was up in the fourth quarter. They ran the football. They got a loss of one. They ran the football again and got no gain. Now it's a fourth and two. I really, as a sports fan, I really wanted them to go for it on fourth and two because you punt the football, you give it back to Matthew Stafford. It doesn't matter if he has to go 85 yards or he has to go 50. You're giving the ball back to Matthew Stafford. I felt the 49ers needed to continue moving the ball down the field and making sure that the Rams don't come back into this game. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not that type of quarterback that's going to get in the shootout with Matthew Stafford. No, and he had a chance there at the end of the game and and uh, really struggled with the uh, the pressure. But also the offensive line let him down, too, on those last two drives. Um, you know, not, not giving him time to really do anything. Uh, and then uh, they kept throwing, uh, running their plays towards the middle of the field, not using the edges of the field. Um, so, you know, credit the Rams there. But I thought, like you thought, when uh, San Francisco had the game in hand and was running that ball control offense, uh, but uh, the defense, uh, the defense is on both sides. Definitely the storyline in that game. And I, I felt bad for you. I thought, hey, this morning it's, you know, the – the 49ers fans, you know, support line broadcast here, you know, call in with <laughs> call in with your uh, disappointments. But uh, I got to tell you, them making it this far uh, is quite an achievement for this team. Uh, the defense showed they're, they're still one of the best in the league. Uh, offensively, they got some good young talent. Then the big question becomes uh, what happens with Garoppolo uh, in the offseason and if they do want to go with Trey Lance, uh, another young up-and-comer. So uh, that'll definitely be a developing storyline with all the coaching changes and position changes going on with all the teams. Yeah, I don't blame Jimmy Garoppolo for losing this game. I don't blame Jaquiski Tart for dropping that interception. I actually think the Rams had a very good game plan to control the clock, which gave their defense a fresh set of legs in the fourth quarter. 
Aaron Donald, he's one of the top leaders on the Rams. He was on the sidelines with his team, talking them up. And he was the leader on that defensive line. And they were not gassed at all when the 49ers got the ball back when it was tied at 17. Because right at this point, I thought maybe the 49ers can go down, eat up some clock, kick the game-winning field goal, or score the touchdown. And they got this game in hand. But the Rams' defense stepped up when they needed it the most on that first drive. Okay, so the last two drives for the 49ers, I was thinking, what are they doing here? And I don't think it was just bad play call. I just think that the Rams' defensive line was fresh, and they overwhelmed the 49ers' offensive line. Trent Williams is hobbled. I really didn't think he should have played. I think that they should have went with the rookie or the second-year lineman, Colton McKivitz, because even him that's healthy is better than a hobbled Trent Williams. You could tell that Trent Williams was not – he was not 100%, and there were times where he was being overwhelmed. Aaron Donald, right at the end, and this is a clutch player. He put pressure on the 49ers when it meant the most – They go three and out. They give it back to Matthew Stafford. Hats off to the 49ers defense for holding the Rams to just a field goal. But Cooper Cup with a big third down just turned this game around because I really was watching this game hoping that the 49ers defense can hold the Rams and maybe this game could go into overtime. But if you're going to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the football because the Rams defensive line was anticipating that the 49ers are going to drop back and throw the football, The Rams were able to stop the run. And because they stopped the run, you make the 49ers one-dimensional, and that's not a good game plan for the 49ers. Absolutely, and a lot of back and forth in the the last uh, few minutes of the ball game and key plays on both sides of the ball. And then uh, they were able to contain uh, Debo as well. And, uh, by the way, on a positive note, uh, I love seeing him at the end of the game. It meant that much to him. He was crying on the sidelines. And did you see at the end of the game Odell Beckham going over to him and giving him a big hug and and uh, all that? That you know, despite the result of the game, that that was good to see. Yeah, that was a class act by Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, I have a respect for the Rams. Uh, they're not like a hated rival like the Cowboys, Seahawks, or Packers. I, I just want to say, Rob, I, I'm really looking forward to this Super Bowl. I think it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl in L.A. You got Hollywood. You know all the Hollywood stars are going to be there. You got Joe Burrow, who's as cool as Hollywood. I'm sure that his nickname is going to be Joe Hollywood or Joe Cool. He just looks confident, and he's got some swagger to him. And I love the fact that Joe Burrow's in the Super Bowl taking on Matthew Stafford. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. He was the Georgia quarterback when I started rooting for Georgia in 2006. 13 years in the league, he finally gets to a Super Bowl. There's a lot of great storylines. Rams are open as a four-point favorite, but we do have two weeks to preview this Super Bowl. Of course, you'll be back on the show next Monday, and we'll preview the Super Bowl. But let's go ahead and switch gears, and let's talk about Tom Brady retiring or not. I got the word. I was actually at a birthday party Saturday. I was looking at my phone. It said, breaking news, Tom Brady retires after 22 years, seven rings, according to Adam Schefter. And and I'm, like, shocked. I'm like, I didn't think that Tom Brady was going to just announce it so quickly. You would think that would 
take over all the sports headlines this morning. But I'm not 100% sure it's true. You remember about 10 years ago, we went through this madness with Brett Favre. Is he retiring? Is he not? He's changing his mind. Tom Brady can change his mind at any point. And he might, just to prove all the the doubters wrong, he might just be motivated enough to come back for one more season. Exactly. Uh, he was, like I said in the intro, he was pretty upset about uh, the way this news got out. And, yeah, he's very much uh, – he likes to stay in control of the narrative as far as uh, it goes with him and his name and his career. And uh, so the team uh, – it depends on the team, what the team has coming back. Uh, his decision seems to be tied to everybody else's decision, obviously, with the Buccaneers and, and who resigns and who comes back. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be interesting to see this week uh, what happens. Uh, it seems like he's going to have to come out at some point and declare one way or another. But, yeah, uh, I didn't like the way that broke either. Uh, I didn't like uh, his response. Uh, his response was, you know, you haven't heard from me yet, which is like <laughs> like you said, we haven't heard from the man himself yet. So we'll see. Uh, that's my guy right there. And uh, he has a lot of respect for the game. One of the reasons why he was upset is because – he has a lot of respect for the game, and he himself said, you know, I don't want to distract from uh, the playoffs and the players that are still out there on the field. Uh, and that's why people have so much respect for him. Is uh, And so we'll see how that goes, but that's my understanding of it. And I do feel that Tom Brady, at age 44, if he comes back next year, he would be 45. He could still play at a high level. But there's a lot of factors, like the offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, Byron Leftwich may take the NFL head coaching job at Jacksonville. Yeah, and good for him. Um, good for him. Supposedly he uh, is holding out because he'd rather have uh, another general manager, but the owner and the general manager apparently are pretty close. So uh, the Jaguars, that they may be the last team to fill, fill their head coaching position, but we still got the, uh, the Dolphins and the Vikings out there, and guess whose name is tied to those two positions? Getting interesting, Richard. Uh, that would be Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely. I'm loving this. I'm loving this because, uh, you know, he is uh, really good at his name and his brand and putting his name out there. Uh, so good for him. You know, he was an excellent NFL head coach, as you well know. Uh, he's done okay at Michigan. I actually think if he got back into the NFL, uh, he, he would do great. He's a good quarterback coach and player development guy. So, All right. Now, we did have two NFL head coaching positions that got filled over the weekend. Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable accepted the job to be the head coach for the Giants. He was known for the offensive coordinator at Alabama. He's also known for developing Josh Allen. So the speculation is that he's going to come into this situation. The Mara family is going to give him enough faith that he could develop head that he could develop quarterback Daniel Jones. Or if not, then maybe they can look to a quarterback in the draft, especially since they have a new GM. Absolutely. And the Giants, uh, you know, a storied franchise. Uh, they've got a lot of loyal fans, uh, really, in the whole northeastern region. So when the Giants are good, it's good for that division, you know, with, with the Cowboys and, and the Eagles. And um, so I, th- I think he'll do, he'll do good. There, have you noticed a trend, Richard, of these um, 
these head coaches, uh, you know, they're getting younger and younger in their years, and and most of them uh, are doing pretty well. So uh, that's kind of why I think this is happening. You, you look at the uh, Broncos position and uh, them, them hiring a coordinator from uh, the Packers. And so uh, a lot of these teams are going with, with the younger guys uh, who have experience at the coordinator level. And like I said, most of them are doing, doing pretty well. So uh, parity is not bad in the NFL. Uh, keeps things interesting, huh? The surprising move of the weekend was New England Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels taking the head coaching position for the Las Vegas Raiders. First of all, I don't trust a thing that this guy does. He backed out of the Colts position to, to still be the offensive coordinator for New England when Tom Brady was there. I actually thought that he was going to be the coach in waiting if Bill Belichick retires. That's why he stuck around in New England as long as he did. But I think that it was time for him to go. I'm just curious that he is picking a situation where he's going to the Raiders. Now, it didn't work out. In 2009, he was the Denver Broncos head coach, and it didn't work out. He was not a very good head coach. He, it was little, he was kind of like Lane Kiffin, a little too early for him. A brilliant play caller. I mean, he is, I think that Las Vegas's offense is going to be a lot better. But still, this guy's a little sketchy. He's he does a little bit of he says he says one thing, and then he decides to do something else. And he really left the Colts uh, hung out to dry a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they ended up being all right uh, on the other side of that. Uh, the Colts, uh, in fact, they had a really good season after uh, after they got the you know another guy in there. But uh, speaking of the Colts, uh, they're kind of tied to the Raiders. Uh, if if uh, Derek Carr moves on or is forced to move on. Uh, I read a story that said the Colts would be interested in him, but then it brings the question, uh, you know, who the Raiders w- would have as their quarterback, you know, his backup is Marcus Mariota. So, uh, you know, uh, I-, I love Derek Carr. Uh, to me, he was a big reason why they made it to the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a warrior out there. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, they're kind of in that same vein as the Cowboys. Uh, the Raiders, whatever they do, uh, good, bad, or ugly, will always be a story in the NFL. So we'll see if he actually if he actually takes the job. But he may take the job because uh, it seems like this next year, and this is my uh, my early thought, uh, this coming season may be Belichick's last year as well. Hmm. That would be very interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing the NFL season in 2022. I mean, we have a lot of parity. I actually was ready to crown the Chiefs as the next dynasty in the 2020s, and they just came up flat in that second half. And how about the quarterback play in the AFC? We have a lot of great young quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I mean, the sky is the limit. The AFC quarterbacks – I feel like the changing the guard is going to keep this league exciting for years to come with these young quarterbacks coming into the league. Absolutely. Uh, The quarterbacks and uh, being tied to a particular franchise. And that's why you see teams, you know, just taking flyers, you know, trading up like crazy to get in the first few rounds of the draft and, and, you know, getting the guy and maybe he'll work out. Maybe he won't, you know, uh, but, yeah, that's that's a good point there. Uh, the young quarterbacks are doing well. 
Now, as far as Burrow goes, uh, the way that he plays the game uh, right now, you know, obviously he hasn't had the, the, the level of success yet. But I read a stat uh, this morning that he has the opportunity already uh, to do something that's never been done. And it was uh, a Heisman Trophy winner, a national championship winner, and a Super Bowl winner. Apparently that's never been done before, and he's got an opportunity to do that. But the comparison to him, which I love, since his name is Joe, he's getting compared right now to old Joe Namath, you know, making the prediction back in the day and his swagger. And uh, the smoothest of his game, he's getting compared to Joe Montana as well. So uh, how he just – is so smooth in the pocket and, and, and plays the game cool under pressure. So, hey, those are two good comparisons for him. Absolutely. That's a good comparison for a young quarterback. Rob, I got to tell you, it's been fun. Um, hey, I wish I was a little bit better mood today. You know, if the 49ers would have gone to the Super Bowl, of course, this would have been such a fun and exciting show. But as a professional broadcaster, I always got to keep it professional. I'm a fan. I, I love my teams, but you know, you still got to do a show and you got to, you know, come to the sense that everything is going to be okay. It's just sports. And I appreciate you uh, kind of just talking me off the ledge just to, just to get me back to a regular state of mind. <laughs> Absolutely. And later this week, you know, uh, you've got a few 49ers fans out there that you can, you know, have on the show and just kind of recap their season and uh, great season for them. Any team that comes back from a losing record and, and does as well as they did says a lot about their future and their character. And uh, I love the job that uh, Shanahan's doing with that team and good things to come in the future for them. And of course, uh, who's going to be their quarterback question in the off season. And uh, they'll do well because uh, who you got there is a head coach and, of course, a general manager and classy franchise. So continue to uh, wear your gear, brother. (laughs) Absolutely. And my favorite moment of the season was when they beat the Dallas Cowboys, which caused all those memes of those sad Cowboys fans. And Stephen A. Smith getting on first take the next day and laughing because these delusional I like what he calls them delusional Cowboys fans that think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl every year were like in shock especially that one guy where he's got his arm around his girl and he's just got tears in his eyes and oh these these memes are so priceless like all of them have gone viral I mean that's what's amazing but that's because the 49ers beat them and so it was nice to see the 49ers beat the Cowboys and beat the Packers it would have been even nicer if they would have beat the Rams. But I was glad that they reached the NFC Championship five times in 11 years. I mean, that's a lot for a franchise. But, of course, just like the previous losses in the NFC Championship, ends in heartbreak. I'm talking about the Kyle Williams fumble, the Richard Sherman tip. And I don't know what I would describe for this one. Would it be the Jimmy G interception or would the Jaquiski Tart dropped interception? I don't know which is like more, you know, like I don't know which is more shocking. But, yeah, ending in shocking uh, season. But they had a great season, though. Absolutely. And uh, we got plenty of time to look forward and look ahead. A lot of great show content coming up in the next few weeks. And I'm looking forward to previewing the Super Bowl talking about the Super Bowl halftime show. 
uh, the Super Bowl commercials. It's in L.A. You know the stars are going to come out. It was very fitting to get Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige, you know, because they're all from L.A. I don't think Eminem's from Detroit, but, you know, Dr. Dre's from L.A., so... Yeah, they got him to perform at the halftime show. I will watch it. I'll probably that's that's when I put my kids to bed. But I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl commercials. I'm looking forward to everything leading up to the Super Bowl, and it's going to be fun. Absolutely, you know. And we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk Super Bowl food too as we get closer to the to the big game. I am a big fan of bagel bites. <laughs> I can- All right, thank you, Rob Frazier. As always, on a Monday, joining the show. I got nothing but big things for the show, and I know that we can still talk sports when football season is over. There's still a lot of sports to cover, so so get ready because we got the USFL coming up in April, Rob. What do you think of that? I hope they do well. I really do. Uh, they're using a lot of the old veteran coaches. Uh, it would be nice to see it be kind of a player development league. Um so I'm looking forward to it to see how it does. They got a pretty good television contract, and uh, they've learned a lot from the the past couple of leagues that hasn't done well. And I heard the Rock is an investor in it too, so that that's always a good thing. All right, Rob, thank you for joining the show. That's all the time I have on the podcast. Thank you for all my listeners out there that have liked to subscribe to my podcast, and don't forget to write a review if you would like on the Apple Podcast. Because I always appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast. Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.